Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't the best sport and I'll leave it with your good luck Only thing I will Good evening. Welcome into Lombardi's Legends podcast. I am Wags, and joining me as always is Dane. Uh, and we are here on a Thursday night and have the opportunity and privilege to preview a week eight matchup between the Green Bay Packers and our hated rival to the West, the Minnesota Vikings. Dane. Always one of our favorite podcasts of the year. I just love all of the shade you throw at the Vikings. Uh, so looking forward to this one. But how are you doing tonight? Wags, I'm better now because we get to talk about how trashy this uh, Minnesota Vikings organization is uh, for, for a good 30, 40 minutes. And um, I'm, I'm ready to talk some, some Packer football. I'm doing great. It's a rainy fall day. Uh, excited. Um, what's up, 7120 underscore Ira on Insta Live. Um, what's up, everybody? Starting to join us live. Um, let's just talk Packer Vikings, buddy. It's it's a rivalry. The Vikes are. I got I got three wins. Packers got two wins. Um, let let's let's even the score with the Vikings and get to to um, you know three and four on the season. So how how are you doing, man? How, how are you feeling? Uh, are you excited for this podcast? Are you ready for Sunday football? Yeah, I am. I as much as we didn't want to talk about the the team after that that atrocity in in Denver uh i i'm glad we did and and i don't know if you feel the same way dane but got to be able to vent a little bit sometimes as 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 much as we try to keep things optimistic here on this podcast uh we're fans just as much as anyone else and it's frustrating the way that this season has started and, and as, actually gone since starting uh, two and one three three straight losses uh, against some teams that frankly we thought we would have an opportunity to maybe get a win or two against um and now we've got the vikings who started the season oh and three have won three out of their last four and uh frankly i was pretty shocked coming off of a big win against what many people feel is the best team in the nfc in san francisco 49ers uh but um this is a rivalry game. There's no, you know, love lost. There's no secrets. I think both teams know what the other wants to do. Um, so I'm excited to get into this one, Dan. Yeah, and I love the comments already. Still believe in Jordan Love. I see the Vikings suck. Yes, they do. Um, Wags, what do you think? Should, should we get into the injury report right away? I mean, I think we got to kick it off. And uh, I, like every week, it seems, and I'd love for you to maybe um, any of the highlights or maybe lowlights on the Packers injury report side. But like every week, our list seems to be fairly long. The Minnesota Vikings, not quite as long as ours. Um, but did anybody stand out? It's Thursday as we're recording this for those of you listening on the podcast. Um, so we'll know a little bit more over the next couple of days. But Thursday's a big day, right, for, for practices. So what sticks out to you guys? Oh, Jair Alexander going from a limited participant to a DNP today. Um this apparently is just a lingering issue with the back. I, it's a puzzling thing. I know back injuries can be fickle, but second straight week uh, for Jair that he goes out there, a limited uh, participant on a Wednesday and his DNP on Thursday. Uh, we do not know if this was just a management thing and they planned to give him the day off. I, I, I haven't heard that. So Dane, if you've seen anything on that, feel free to chime in on that. But 
it's it's concerning. It goes along with one of our events uh, from our podcast the other night uh, on how the Packers medical staff is managing these players with injuries. And Jair is a young player, um, so it's concerning that he's having a back issue to begin with. Uh, but it's been, you know, uh, in and out. He returned once already from a back injury, missed last week after trying to return to practice, missed the previous game. And, uh, and now he's, he's, he's going from a limited participant back to DNP again, uh, from Wednesday to Thursday. So it's not a good sign. And, uh, as, as much as we look and, and complain about the soft tissue injuries and, and certainly we need to get healthy and there's other areas of the team that are a concern. All of a sudden with a banged up secondary and Donald Savage going, uh, on IR and Eric Stokes immediately back on the IR, we need Jair Alexander out there more than ever, uh, to lead the secondary. So Dane, that's to me the biggest one to watch on the injury report this week. It gutted me. The Eric Stokes one legit gutted me a little bit, Wags, just because we've been waiting so long to get Stokes back and then to have him go down with with a hamstring injury, an injury, you know, he dealt with a hamstring last year at, at one point as well, I believe. So it's just, it's it's hard to kind of stomach those injuries. Um, what's the latest on Aaron Jones? What's your, what's your take on Aaron Jones? I mean, we've been watching, he, he hasn't been healthy since week one. Um, you know, he played last week. I think he's starting to get back, but, um, how do you feel about him coming into this game? Well, unless we hear of any setbacks, I, I feel like he should have played more snaps last week. Yeah. <laughs> we could have used him more snaps, quite frankly. Um, you know, AJ Dillon had his best game of the season, but it was not like an amazing performance. So it, it was fine. It, it, it worked out, uh, as far as the run game was concerned. I, I, that wasn't the biggest issue on the offensive side of the ball. However, we need Aaron Jones to be out there for more than 22 snaps a game. And so hopefully last week is the last pitch count week and he's getting through practice and his body's feeling good. He looked good as far as I could tell physically in the snaps that he got last week. So it, it, it's, it's this abundance of caution stuff that, that really bothers me. I, I don't want Aaron Jones to rush back and re-injure himself, but if you're cleared to play in an NFL game, go out there and play the game. Uh, so it's it just, I, I'm going to keep repeating that people might disagree with me on that and that's fine, but, Aaron Jones is our most dynamic offensive weapon on a team that's really struggling to get anything going offensively, uh, any rhythm, any consistency at all. Uh, we need Aaron Jones to get out there on the field and uh, be a big part of this game plan if we're going to have any hope of being able to start stacking some wins uh, starting this week against, uh, frankly, a, a pretty competitive Vikings team. Uh, again, despite their record, they've been right in every game, uh, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, against good teams, against bad teams, uh, they're, they're right in the game. So, uh, if we want to have some tempo offensively and, and have an opportunity to come out with the win on Sunday, I think, uh, Aaron Jones being healthy is going to be a big reason why we're going to have that opportunity. No, it's good stuff. I mean, it really is, Wags. Love the insight. So, um, Unless there's anybody else that really steps up, we can go back to it in a second too. But the Vikings side of injuries, because I mean that's extremely telling as well. I, well, please. I go did want to 
Yeah, just, I mean, really quickly, it looks like Luke, Luke Musgrave is trending to Thank be you. out. So, Thank you. I knew yeah, I was so I think that's another, I mean, it's not quite as high impact as uh, watching a Jair or an Aaron Jones and kind of what their status is going to be. But uh, obviously, we really like Luke Musgrave, but yeah, yeah. this starts to become a very thin position group now. Um, and uh, Sir, uh, Kraft is going to get more opportunities. Uh, Sims is going to get more opportunities. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that takes a, another weapon off the field potentially as a pass catcher and, uh, on an offense that's bereft of guys that are, are big playmakers at the moment. Not, not to say other guys can't step up, but we haven't necessarily seen that happen yet. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they game plan around that. Is that something that perhaps, um, well, will help the run game if it forces the Packers to have to uh, really be a little bit more creative in how they uh, play call and, and, and get those guys more opportunities and uh, more chances to, to get things going on the ground um, would not be a bad problem to have. But I think Luke Musgrave trending to not being available uh, just based on uh, Coach uh, LeFleur's comments in the, the media uh, and the fact that he hasn't practiced either Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, and I mean, I, I honestly think that's a pretty. They, thank you for for bringing that up. I, I I knew I was forgetting somebody, you know, another big piece there. And I mean, that's a big one. I it is. I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily been utilized the way we would have loved uh, in some of these games, but I feel like he's always a presence and he's always a threat. Um, and he's somebody that I've I've actually it's been quiet, but even watching, he hasn't necessarily been the issue in in the run blocking game either. You know, he's somebody that I think's really coming along, and the expectation of a um, rookie tight end should never be to be a world beater in year one. It just doesn't really happen with that position. Um, so hopefully he gets back soon, not only for the impact he makes this year, but just kind of the, the growing ability that he has, I think, in future years. Because every snap is so critical for some of these young guys, but especially tight end like Luke Musgrave, you know he wants to get out there. But next man up mentality, Tucker Kraft, another draft pick from this year. You mentioned it, Wags. I think he's going to get a pretty long look. Um, this week. He hasn't gotten as many snaps on the other guys. Uh, Sims might be a sneaky bet to get some more snaps as well. Um, but we're going to get a good long look at Tucker Kraft. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, is, is the long-winded way of saying it. Um, TJ Hawkinson for the Vikes. Um, that, that's a big one. I mean, he, he went down, but he was able to get back in the game last week. And it looks like he's limited today, um, last I checked. So um, I expect TJ Hawkinson to play, but I'm still keeping a close eye on that because he truly is one of the very few difference-making tight ends, I think, in the National Football League from a stats perspective. Like, he stretches the field. Um, he's like a giant wide receiver out there. And then the biggest one is Justin Jefferson. He's been out for a few weeks, but how can we not mention him if we're playing the Vikings? His, a his absence is great. Uh, his impact when he's there is great, right? So it's huge that the Packers are, are facing the Vikings without Justin Jefferson, especially if Jair Alexander is unable to go, um, because, you know, Jefferson gives the best a handful, uh, but in him not being out there, the Vikings are still having some success throwing the ball, and we're going to get into that in a second. Um, but without Jefferson, it does remove, frankly, I think the best weapon or maybe one of the best one or two offensive wide receiving weapons in the NFL. So it's a big deal. Yeah, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how the Vikings try to attack this Packer defense, and maybe we can jump right into that. One other thing just to mention on the injury front as good news, 
uh, Devondre Campbell was able to return to practice uh, and was practicing in a limited capacity both Wednesday and Thursday. So perhaps an opportunity for him to get back out on the football field this week. Uh, certainly, uh, McDuffie has been a gamer uh, and stepped up yeah, sure in, in Campbell's ax- absence, but um, it's always good to, to get an all-pro uh, caliber guy back to anchor the defense and just how key he is to the communication on the defensive side of the ball. So um, hopefully he's trending in the right direction and will be available to be out there on Sunday as well. And, and Wayne, you mentioned McDuffie. I just real quick, like he's somebody I'll be totally honest with. There's some guys that just pop for me, some guys that don't. Just, you know, that's just everybody's kind of got an eye for different things. And McDuffie didn't impress me as much as some of, as, as some of the other folks, including yourself. Um, kind of going into the off season and, and, you know, kind of his work in preseason. I was always like, Oh, he seems okay, but he wasn't a guy that was like an, Oh my gosh guy for me personally. And man, has he proved me wrong? He looked, uh, you, you said it, but he deserves that extra credit to get thrown into the mix inside linebacker. He was making firm tackles. He was making tackles at the line of scrimmage. He was making tackles that were there in front of him. So, um, you know, with all due respect to him, um, hopefully, you know, Quay Walker's back and he was back last week and, and we, we get Devondre Campbell back. But my goodness, I do think the Packers do have somebody um, long-term uh, in McDuffie, both on special teams and potentially in the inside at some point. So he, he's really been a nice gem, I think, for this defense this year. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just talking about the Vikings offensively, we're well acquainted with Kirk Cousins at this point in time. But with the absence of Justin Jefferson, that's yeah. a huge loss. Um, last week, it was rookie Jordan Addison that stepped up in a big way, had over 120 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Um, and you mentioned Hawkinson as well. K.J. Osborne is another pass catcher. It's not necessarily a household name, but seems to give Packers fits at times and just uh, not not a lot of catches. But um, it always seems like whenever we pay, play the Vikings, if they end up winning the game, uh, K.J. Osborne seems to be a, an X factor in a bad way. Uh, for the Packers. Uh, so uh, certainly he's going to be getting some additional snaps as well. But um, what do you think is the key here this week? We've had some good games against Kirk Cousins, and we've had some frustrating games against mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins over the years. So what's the biggest key to you as you look at this Vikings offense under his stewardship and uh, what the Packers want to do to make this a successful week against uh, Kirk Cousins and this Vikings offense? Wags, I thought about this a bit today. I really did um, because of my utter um, hate for the Minnesota Vikings. I thought a little extra about this one today. Um, and the Vikings are running the ball about as poorly as the Packers um, this year. So they're not a running team. Uh, Del- Devlin Kick's long gone. Um, Madison, who's kind of taken over uh, that, that, um, that Rain Alexander Madison, um, hasn't really been the guy that he's shown in small glimpses when he was able to fill in for Delvin Cook in previous seasons. Uh, Vikings went out and it traded for Cam Akers earlier in the year, and he hasn't really jumped off the, the page, at least for me, or the tape either. So, But what they do do well, so they don't do that very well, okay? Point blank. They don't do it very well. Packers haven't done it well. Vikings don't do well. But the Vikings have been pretty darn good at, even in Justin Jefferson's absence, has been passing the ball. Kirk Cousins, I think, has been... Pretty darn good this year. And it's no small feat. Um, and it's, it's in no small part to their win streak right now. Um, is, is how good Kirk Cousins has been. 
Um, so, and, and he's so much better in the pocket. We, we say it every year. Y'all can probably go back to the last four years of this podcast when we match up against the Vikings and you're going to hear kind of the same thing about Kirk Cousins, but I'm going to say it again. Um, Kirk Cousins in the pocket and the clean pocket is very, very strong. Um, he's going to make the throws well more often than not. He just doesn't miss many throws, especially this year. He's been, he's been efficient, but get him moving, get him moving off the pot out of the pocket. Get him outside a little bit. And that's where, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins of old can kind of come in a little bit more erratic, not quite there. So the huge part of this, Wags, I think, is to just kind of get Kirk Cousins off his mark. And you can say that about a lot of quarterbacks, but if you told me that about Russell Wilson, like you try to get him off the mark, he's, he can be pretty dangerous off the mark. And in fact, sometimes that's what he's at his best. Kirk Cousins is the opposite, right? He's a guy that, um, when he starts to scramble, especially to his left, if he's scrambling to his left, he's in an awful, awful lot of trouble. So, um, you know, I just think that the Packers need to be able to bring some pressure and the Packers need to be able to get in his face. And that doesn't necessarily mean sacks every game or every snap, but it just means making Kirk Cousins uncomfortable and giving the defensive backs, you know, the opportunity because Kirk Cousins historically does give the ball away a little bit as well, but you'd have to get him off his mark. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day at Lambeau. Just yeah, uh, and you talk about protecting Kirk Cousins. The Vikings have done a pretty good job of keeping him clean yeah, so far this year. They're in the top top um, quarter uh, of the league in, in terms of fewest sacks and pressures allowed, and that's certainly been something that's helped Kirk Cousins tremendously to be efficient passing the ball. Uh, you, not only are they struggling running the ball, I would argue that they're starting to get a little bit one-dimensional in mm-hmm. trying to run the ball. So um, that's something the Packers are going to have to take some, I think, chances to try to exploit. And can they win on first and second down in order to force more third down opportunities for the Vikings? Chances are they're going to have a lot of longer down and distance situations. So um, what you want is to get as many of those third down opportunities as possible. And so if, if if you can avoid, and that's true every week, I don't mean to be cliche, but if you can avoid Kirk Cousins getting in a rhythm and really starting to carve opportunities over the middle and, and driving down the field and being comfortable passing the ball um, situationally and not having to face very many third down situations, um, that's going to be something that will play right into Kirk's advantage uh, for the Vikings. Uh, Justin Jefferson or no, or no Justin Jefferson in this game. So, um, to your point, Dane, um, I think this is a perfect opportunity to highlight one of your favorite, uh, matchups, uh, whenever we face the Vikings. And that's Kenny Clark against center Garrett Bradbury. So, uh, this has been a very one-sided, uh, relationship in terms of the matchup. Uh, Kenny Clark has owned Garrett Bradbury since he's come into the league and is, there any reason to think that that will change this week because uh the Packers do present more problems than I think they have the last few years up front for a Vikings offensive line in terms of they're not able to just say okay Kenny Clark Rashawn Gary um Packers have a lot of y- other young guys that are stepping up and in there we haven't seen as much in terms of pressures uh the last couple of weeks uh, so I think that's uh th- this is an opportunity this week for those guys to really get after it and maybe get a few more pressures uh, on Kirk Cousins, um, particularly on those early down passing situations. Um, and, and that, that can enable this defense to really pin its ears back and, and, and continue to put 
more and more pressure on Kirk Cousins because if they're not and he's able to sit in that pocket, that's going to be very much uh, certainly to, to Kirk's advantage in this matchup. It's a great point, and and you're you're spot on. I mean, that's who we circle every year. It's it's become a, a Lombardi's Legends tradition. Um, you know, we 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 circle Derek Bradbury, uh, center for the Minnesota Vikings. Kenny Clark last week did not have his best week. Okay, um, I, I I actually thought it was one of the poor weeks I've seen in the last couple of years from Kenny Clark. He just it wasn't clicking. It just he seemed a little. It just it was off. It wasn't as effective as we're used to. He sets a high bar tradition. Right. Um, this week is a great chance for Kenny Clark to do a Kenny Clark, what we're used to seeing Kenny Clark do, which is just blow crap up in the middle of the, uh, of an offensive line. Um, and, and, and I'll tell you what, Wags, um, we, we didn't touch on it earlier on the injury report, but the fact that Devontae Wyatt is out there even in a limited fashion is remarkable. When he got carted off the field out there in Denver, I legit thought his season was done. It's not done. Okay. Um, so, and I say that because I still have high hopes for Devontae Wyatt. Um, and you know, we've got some young talent along this defensive line, but it starts with Kenny Clark. It starts with setting the tone. And yes, it'll, it'll be great if we can get some edge pressure, especially from our boy Rashawn Gary or, or, you know, any number of Luke Van Ness. Um, but nothing will put Kirk Cousins, um, in a state of panic. And I use the term panic very, very, um, purposefully. Um, then, then pressure up the middle. Quarterbacks don't like pressure up the middle. Kirk Cousins is not a scrambling quarterback. He does not want to have that pressure come up where he has to roll outside. Okay. So, um, I really think it's a key to the game. It's a key to winning a football game every week is line of scrimmage. But this week against a Vikings team that, that, you know, historically has been much better running the ball, can't run the ball. This is a week Kenny Clark could very literally determine the difference between a win or a loss. And if that sounds grand, but it's true. Because we can we can just completely disrupt what the Vikings pass game is doing with one guy up front who's done it time and again, and that's Kenny Clark. Yeah, what what do you think the effect of some of the injuries in the secondary could have as far as how the Packers try to game plan uh, against this Vikings offense, and particularly that uh, that pass attack? It's a great question. I mean, I expect legs. I expect to get a heavy dose of Jonathan Owens um, next to. Um, next to, um, to Rudy Ford. Okay. So that's who I think is going to be starting at safety. There's been talk of Anthony Johnson. He got some run, um, early in Denver after, um, Savage went down the rookie safety, but uh, Jonathan Ford really came in and kind of finished the game. And I, it's my expectation that we're going to see Jonathan Ford getting out there for his first start as a Green Bay Packer at Lambeau Field. Um, so, so I, I, I expect to see him out there. I know the Packers went out and signed, um, last name Rochelle, um, who a cornerback. So they, they're adding guys too, right? With some of these injuries. Um, I hate to say it, but, um, you know, we, we didn't see enough of Eric Stokes that, you know, with the injuries down, we're, we're kind of used to who we have out there. I, uh, at the cornerback position, it's going to be Razul Douglas, who's just, you know, steady Razul, who's, who's, you know, I think is having another pretty nice season for the Packers. Um, I, I expect um, more Kayshawn Nixon. Um, if Ja can't go, I mean, we're going to see more more Carrington Valentin as well, right? And maybe maybe some um, Corey Valentine as well, who's been activated now to the 53, who's gotten a lot of run in the practice squad. He's now on the 53. So I think we're going to see a number of different guys out there, um, and we're going to probably mix and match. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Carrington Valentine gets another opportunity out there. He had a rough game last week. 
Um, but you're going to expect some rough games out of some young guys, right? So this week, I'd like to see him get propped right out there. Um, it, it, the, the coaching staff has a, it has an opportunity here to either, you know, allow Valentin to learn from mistakes and, and keep growing or throw him on the bench. And, you know, then that stuff can fester, right? That can get really hard. So I'd really like to see the Packers this week um, throw Valentin back out there and, and, and get a crack against this Minnesota Vikings passing weapons. Uh, yeah, I, I think from a personnel standpoint, I agree that that's what we're going to run out there. Um, from a game planning perspective, I yeah. guess what I was more asking was, how do you think they might be able, are they going to try to play more coverage and have some extra guys back there to help with having maybe some less experienced guys out there? Or do you roll the dice a little bit more and maybe send uh, Quay Walker, send Devontae yeah. Campbell, oh, do great, a little great. bit more listening and just, and just say, you know what? Um, maybe that's a little bit risky, but we can't rely on these guys to be out there in coverage for six, seven seconds. Um, and, cause Kirk Cousins is going to carve you apart unless you're able to get after him with, with just four pass rushers. So I, I know certainly mm. they're probably going to want to try to win with the four. That's always the goal. But, um, I, is there a chance, Dane, that this is the week that, uh, Coach Barry and the defensive staff looks at it and says, we might need to have a few more pressures dialed up, ready to go, depending yeah. on how this game starts to shake out. It's an old saying, Wags. It's, uh, I, I'd rather, uh, um, die on my feet than live on my knees. Okay. And I, I think about that quote sometimes, especially when it comes to football. Um, we're two and four. Okay. Let's go get the quarterback. We know what they're going to try to do. Um, we know that if we sit back, I think Kirk Cousins and I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think Kirk Cousins is good enough if, if you're not getting pressure quickly that he can kind of pick you apart. Um, and I think that this pass core of the Vikes have been, it's proven uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks that they can kind of get picky apart if you're not getting the quarterback. So to answer your question, I don't know what Joe Barry's going to do, but what I would like to do, I, I'd rather lose the game, um, by them ripping off some big plays, um, be, because we took, we took a chance, right? And tried to hit the quarterback than sitting back playing zone being a little bit more passive. I think one of the biggest complaints I've had both on the offense and defensive side from a play calling schematic um, perspective is a little bit of passiveness. And and yes, the Packers blitz um, a fair amount, I think, at the National Football League level. Um, But, you know, we've talked about the run game and some of these other issues. I think they've gotten better over the last few weeks. But if if I'm Joe Barry and I'm this defensive uh, team, I I don't leave it to chance. I want to be hitting Kirk Cousins and maybe he gets some off, maybe they get some big plays out of it. But but so be it. Okay, that's football. We're probably gonna that's gonna happen one way or another. But I want to try to make him uncomfortable early and often. And yes, I think Kenny Clark can dominate up front at the middle. But man, bring in some edge guys. Bring in maybe maybe getting creative with Kayshawn Nixon, bringing him off the edge again once in a while from that slot position. I love when the Packers do that. Um, how even Rudy Ford, I have not seen enough Rudy Ford. Remember back in the day when we were kids, Leroy Butler um, found his way around the quarterback sometimes. Let it rip. Rudy Ford likes to hit dudes, and he's kind of a missile. So like maybe we let it rip a little bit and just get a little bit more creative against his weapons. That's just my yeah. I know it's easy as fans to say we got to blitz more. We need more pressures. Uh, I, I I understand that it's not in a vacuum. You can't just dial up pressures every play. You're gonna you're gonna be bleeding after a while. <laughs> uh, that said, I think the the number of blitzes the Packers have is a little bit of a deceiving stat, mm-hmm. considering uh, most of the time when they're blitzing, they're also dropping back 
uh, dropping a you know an edge guy back in coverage. So you're kind of replacing one with the other. Um, and a, a lot of their pressures or blitzes have been more run blitzes, uh, and that's been to try to support and stop bleeding uh, in the rush defense, which you can argue has had mixed results. Maybe it's been a little bit better the last couple of games, um, but uh, it's it's not to me. I don't see a lot of pressures uh, in longer down and distance situations. It seems like Coach Barry tends to prefer to just rush four guys at the end of the day uh, in those third and sevens, third and ten situations. Try to get after the quarterback. Um, you know, Rashawn can be successful in those situations. Uh, you know, Kenny can be disruptive up the middle. Um, Enigbari has had some some flashes, uh, some big moments this season. I, I'd love to see, as you mentioned, Van Ness uh, get a few more opportunities and and hopefully execute uh, and start to make some more impact plays. Um, we need these guys up front to start being more impactful than they've been in the last couple of weeks in those situations and getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, well, while at the same time, I am wondering if there are some opportunities, as you mentioned, to maybe bring some guys, um, from, from the slot, from, from mm-hmm. the corner boundary position and just take some opportunities and some risk in those situations. That's just can, now you're rotating coverage. So that, that can just throw off the rhythm of what your reads are at, from the quarter quarterback. Uh, and particularly with Justin Jefferson out, you're talking about a Vikings pass catching core. That's a little less experienced. Adam Thielen's no longer in Minnesota, folks. So um, this is a different-looking pass-catching core. Uh, Hawkinson's really the only only holdover that they had from last year, and he was only there for, what, the last half of the season. And so, um, you know, they've got guys that can get the job done, but to me it's really just mixing up what some of those looks are uh, to try to be disruptive and, and, and break apart some of those reads as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's good stuff. And I, we got a comment in here. I want to I want to make sure I'm reading it from P. Kostmeyer 94. What's up? Um, saying that we need another uh, guy outside of uh, Rashawn Gary. Preston had a good year. Hasn't done much since. Basically saying we need another solid pass rush. Um, so I'll I'll tell you what. And, and Wags, I want to hear your opinion on that as well. Thanks so much for the question or for the uh, the comment because I I love this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I think Preston Smith is, is a steady player, but he's not a guy who's probably going to get us 15 sacks at this stage, right? Like it just, it clearly that's, that's not where he's at. I love what Sean Gary obviously does. Um, I like what Bari has been able to do in small bursts, but can he put it together over the course of the next 10 games? It remains to be seen. Um, Lucas Van Ness is another guy who I think has all of the, um, skill set in the world. And it's now it's time to produce, right? And we knew that this one might be a little bit longer um, uh, of a process. But I like where we're at. This is kind of I, nobody likes to say rebuilding year. This is a year though where we're we're kind of tracking and seeing who some of these guys are. But I'm confident that the Packers have the guys in the room uh, to to make a difference, um, not only this year but long term. But this is a prime week. You said it, Wags. Uh, this Minnesota Vikings offensive line, you know, they keep, they keep Kirk up, but like they're not the number one offensive line in the league. I would love for, for the pass rusher to just find, find a lane this week and, and, and make a difference. Um, somebody not named Rashawn Gary. Don't get me wrong. We would love to see Rashawn Gary do it again and again and again. Um, but I would love if this is a week where one of the other guys steps up and has a consistently strong game rushing the passer. But what, what say you about the Packers pass rush situation right now? 
Yeah, I, I think honestly, they need someone um, that's more of a traditional three down lineman. So it's 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 always had to be Kenny Clark in that role. And I think coming into this season, just based on the off season and based on training camp, we thought that we were going to get that from Devontae Wyatt um, to really compliment. And he's a guy that is really uh, the way that he's built and his game can be disruptive on all three downs. And I know he's dinged up right now, so I don't want to be overly critical of the guy, but he just hasn't had the high level of impact that I think we were hoping for uh, at this point in the season. So I'm hoping it can still get there, and this would be a great week for that to start to happen. Uh, you talked about some other go- young guys, um, Carl Brooks, Colby Wooden. Their snaps aren't quite as high, but you know, in those situations, especially Carl Brooks, we saw in preseason, we thought that he might get some opportunities in limited snaps. And so, I, frankly, I'd love to see those guys start to attract a little bit more attention because that's what really is going to start to free some things up for, mm-hmm. you know, those pass rushes on the on the edge. Uh, maybe we can see a little bit more of Van Ness slide down and, and, and play uh, that defensive end position on pass down situations. I think gotten some snaps there. Uh, but I'd love to see some more opportunities for him to line up right next to Preston, or to Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary uh, on one side of the line and see how that can perhaps shake some things up and give some of those guys some opportunity. You're absolutely right on Preston Smith, um, but he's never been a 15-sack guy. I think he's basically been between 8 and 10 sacks every year that he's been with the Packers and, frankly, for most seasons before he joined the Packers organization. So, um He's steady. He typically, he'll come in and it seems like he gets his sacks in bunches. He'll have, you know, four or five games with, with one and a half, two sacks. And that, that tends to be his sack output for the season. Um, so I'm not even saying Preston Smith is inconsistent. I think he's just, you know what you're going to get. As you said, Dane, uh, he's a guy that if he has mismatches or he has the advantage in, in the guy that he's lining up against, he'll exploit it in some way. And other weeks, his main, his main probably impact is going to be in what he does in the rush, rushing attack and on the defensive side and, and setting that edge or, um, in dropping back and coverage and, and playing the, the number one wide receiver. Uh, I, I joke, but in all seriousness, I think I would like to see some more disruption from our defensive line. Um, cause I think our edge guys are, are winning and getting some pressures, but it's awful hard to get most or the majority of your pressures and sacks only from the edge. I think we need to get some more, um, some more help from, from the defensive line. That's a strong take. I love it. I, I really do. Um, anything else on defense? We're already 35 minutes into this pod and we haven't even touched on this Packers offense, Jordan Love and the Packer offense. So anything else you want to touch on before we head over to that side of the ball? I don't think so. And honestly, I know we talk a lot about defense, but I think this is the real key this week yeah. is the, it is certainly the, uh, defense and the matchup, uh, of the Vikings offense. Uh, as far as the offensive side of the ball, Packers offense against this Vikings defense is now, uh, helmed by defensive coordinator Brian Flores, who I think is a really good coach in this league. Um, they seem to be getting better and better personnel wise. I, I don't know that this is a Vikings defense that's, uh, necessarily as strong as it's been in, in past seasons. Uh, but they're playing some pretty good football at, at this point. Um, that said, Dane, we talked and we talked and we talked about this Packer offense, 
it's not so much about who they're facing on the other side of the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Can they figure out their own uh, issues that they've had all season, running the ball, play calling, getting more uh, first downs on first and second down and not having third down on basically every series um, in the in the first uh, couple of plays. Uh, You've you got to give uh, Jordan Love more opportunities to move the chains and, and not have those high leverage, high pressure situations early in a possession. Um, so how do we get out of that? Dane, you said offline today that you're going to have me rolling my eyes at some ideas you have to get this run game going. So the floor is yours. What, what, what say you? How can they get some things going, get some rhythm, get some consistency um, against this Vikings defense this week? Well, first of all, I, I agree, you know, talking about kind of the key matchup. And, um, you know, as we transition from defense to the offensive side, I mean, my number one key this week is the battle of turnovers. Okay. That's, I, I looked it up this, this, uh, this, uh, this week here and Packers are minus two and the Vikings are minus five. Okay. So neither of these teams are, um, prolific by any stretch, right? In the, in the battle of the turnovers. But that being said, I mean, that's a huge, it's always a big deal, but against two teams that are kind of middling, the Vikings are hot. The, the Packers are the opposite of hot right now. Um, but turnovers really will be the key, not only for this Packer defense, but damn for this Packer offense as well, right? We can't be turning the ball over. We can't put the ball on the ground. And, 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 and maybe as or more importantly, you know, Jordan's got to be a little bit more careful with that football, especially in kind of some of these pressure situations, right? And I'm going to extend it further. We've seen way too many holding penalties. We've seen too much sloppy play from this offensive line. Okay. So, so, um, from, from a broad perspective, um, just a little bit more clean, efficient offensive line, not putting Jordan Love and this Packer offense into a, a, you know, second and long, third and long, um, because of holding or because of, um, some kind of penalty will be a massive, massive, um, um, you know, boom, I think for this, for this Packers team. So that's the number one thing, Wags. Um, I was, um, I, I don't have the exact quote, um, but we've kicked around the idea of, you know, who are the best five? on this offensive line. And I saw um, Coach Stenovich, the offensive coordinator for the Packers, former offensive line coach for the Packers, um, today saying um, they, they brought up Zach Tom, one of the reporters brought up, hey, should Zach Tom move into center? Which I, I was I was like, well, are we in the room? Is this is this is this us? Did we finally get our Packers press credentials? Um and and Stenovich um basically said he thinks Myers is one of the the um five best offensive linemen and um seemed, according to some beat writers for the pack, to be a little um, um, surprised that that was a question. I'm shocked that Senevich would be surprised by that. And maybe he's just a good actor. But, um, you know, we, we've talked about Yash Nyman, um, you know, being, being one of the top five. So I'm going to continue to to um, beat that drum. But why I said you might roll your eyes, Wags, and I'm thinking outside the box now because I've heard every coach uh, you know, from the Packers, I've heard every fan talking about what's wrong with this Packers offense and what's wrong, particularly with the run game, because I don't really want to talk about the passing because if you can't run the ball, it's really damn hard to pass the ball in the National Football League. So I really want to focus on the run. And here's here's my harebrained, wild idea. It's not going to solve everything. Maybe it solves nothing. This week, Luke Musgrave, as we touched, touched on, um, Luke Musgrave's not going to be able to play. So we're kind of down our tight end, right? 
Um, I'm going to name you some, some of the top running teams in the NFL this season, okay? Um, and bear with me. 49ers, the Miami Dolphins, the Ravens, the Falcons, the Bills. These are all, you know, top 10 offenses running the ball, uh, maybe top 15, right? But we're, we're talking like better half of the league. Uh, again, Niners, Dolphins, Ravens, Falcons, Bills. Hell, even the Bears wags on paper, and I know they've got scrambling quarterback most weeks, but, um, you know, they have one of the highest rushing offenses in the league. Um, Packers are sitting way in the back of the pack at 545 rushing yards on the season. What do all the teams that I just mentioned have in common? They're playing a fullback in the backfield in I formation and actually just running the ball and getting back to some basics and having some, um, some, some, um, success in doing so. Um, with Luke Musgrave out this week, the Packers, I'll be curious to see who the call-ups are, okay? But one thing that we noticed in, in the preseason, one thing that um, that we talked um, ad nauseum about, now, who I thought had a really standout preseason and training camp, was um, Henry Pearson. He's a, he's a traditional true fullback on the Green Bay Packer roster. He has not been activated yet by the Packers. He was injured going into uh, final cuts. He, he still stayed right with the Packers um, after final cuts. They were able to bring him back. Um, big number 44. The reason I bring this up is um, there, this S word comes around, soft, soft, soft. We hear it a lot. And we, we talk about, you know, misassignments. We miss, talk about missed blocks. Would it be so crazy, Wetwags, in a week where Luke Musgrave is unable to go that maybe the Packers just call up somebody like a Henry Pearson for an extra big body that can block? And maybe we throw him in the backfield because with all due respect to Josiah DeGuire, who I think does some things well, I don't think he's as good as a traditional um, I-formation fullback as Henry Pearson is. And I would love for the Packers to just think outside the box of their own box maybe a little bit, follow the trend that we're seeing come back to the NFL and have a traditional fullback in the backfield for help, five to ten snaps just to help clear up um, some of these um, some of these blocks up the middle. We're having trouble with our zone blocking. On the inside, we're having uh, trouble with our zone blocking and stretch, and maybe, just maybe, activating a fullback that just wants to punch people in the mouth that's extremely physical and and, and doesn't miss many blocks. Pearson did not miss blocks in training camp. Um, get him up there, give him an opportunity, and just see if maybe that helps us convert some of those third and shorts uh, because we, we've had a hard time on some of those short yardage plays, and maybe it doesn't do anything. But since nobody else seems to have an idea right now, or at least a, a, an idea that's worked so far, this Packers coaching staff, I'm just going to throw it against the wall. Henry Pearson, fullback, activate the guy. Let's give him some run. Let's see what he can do for this offense. I'm not going to roll my eyes at any ideas that we're going to have. And certainly that was uh, his play was a big reason why Emmanuel Wilson, I think, had some success in the preseason Good as point. well. Yeah. Uh, one thing I would say, though, is – I thought you were going to talk about Jordan Love running more. Uh, frankly, you talked about some of those teams having running quarterbacks. I, I think Jordan Love has had success running football, and I would like to have him be more involved in some designed rollouts and some opportunities to have a pass-run option. I'm not talking the option play. I'm talking rollout of the pocket, and he can read the defense, and you know he can have more space so he's not having to try to look over uh, his offensive line uh, a lot of times with young quarterbacks, that can help them to be able to view the field more cleanly. Uh, and Jordan is not, you know, certainly not going to be a Josh Allen or a Justin Fields type runner as a quarterback. That's not what we're looking for. But he's been quietly pretty darn effective in the opportunities he has had to run the football. 
And frankly, I think that's a portion of the offense that we should really be trying to lean into a little bit more uh, to get those chains moving instead of some of these, you know, short passes uh, that just have not been successful in gaining chunk yardage. So um, I agree with, I love your idea, Dane. I'm not, I don't think Packers are in any position to roll our eyes at any ideas to get some things yeah. going. Um, I, the only downside I would say is that could pose some personnel disadvantages uh, in some respects um, for a Packers offense that's trying to keep defenses off balance and is mm-hmm. struggling to do that. Uh, so uh, with all respect to Henry Pearson, uh, you know, or DeGuar, whoever they want to put out there and line up in the backfield as a, full, a fullback, I'm down for trying it. Um, I think it's going to have to be, you know, it's certainly not going to be, you know, 1984 and you line up in I formation and just go. But um, and I know that's not what you're talking about. So I, I'm open to whatever we can do, Dane, to try to get some more consistency um, and turn three yard uh, rushes on first down into maybe more like five or six yard rushes on first down. Yeah, I mean, I just think about the last couple of weeks where the Packers have had trouble on on some of those short yardage plays, right, or around the goal line, or just whatever it is, and just giving us that extra look. And so that's that's the first piece. The other piece, and I don't quite understand why we went away from it. But remember when we were kicking the crap out of the Bears in week one and we went with six offensive linemen and we ran the ball and had some success doing it? Um, why not bring back kind of that six O lineman um push? So that's the other piece of this is um let's 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 do what was working early in the season. I'm not sure why we totally um disregarded other than Bakhtiari went out, got injured, and then you know, we saw we saw Rashad um uh, we saw um um Rashid. Um, you know, coming in at left tackle, but why not maybe bring in that, that sixth offensive lineman, whether it's, you know, Yash and you kick sheet outside or however we want to do it. But that's the other thing I was thinking about Wags is like, that was something that actually was legit working early in the year and we pretty much erased from the playbook. So, um, just ways to get guys. And especially what got me thinking about this is with Musgrave out or very likely to be out. It's like, how can we be creative with that extra roster spot or, or somebody that we can elevate? And I think Pearson at fullback bringing that six offensive linemen in select positions, just different looks, different ways to kind of bully and, and push around a, a defense that is kind of middle of the pack. Because this, this Vikings defense is truly kind of like the Packers. They're statistically, right? They're kind of in the middle right now, feeling their way out could be good, maybe not, might not be so good, but this could be a great week for the Packers to throw out kind of some bigger bodies and just go back to smash mouth football and do what I think we can actually do and kind of assert our will on this closing. Yeah. I, you know what I'd also like to see them do is take more chances uh, in downfield passing and second down situations. Mm. Uh, we've had a lot of second and eight, second and seven type deals and we're, we're getting short passes or runs and we're ending up with third and four, third and three. It's fine. I, I know you're trying to make it more manageable, but you're kind of handcuffing the offense in that situation. You're, it, it's not that they're calling plays that can't get a first down in that second and seven or second and eight, but they're not high leverage type plays. So it, it's, it's, it's almost like you're conceding that you're going to go into mm-hmm. a third down. Um, I would rather maybe take a few more shots. And even if you don't convert on that second down, you're still in a third down situation. And yes, would you rather on the whole be in a third and three than third and sevens? Absolutely. I understand that. But it's giving this young quarterback and Jordan Love 
uh, more opportunities to get some of those, uh, you know, intermediate or more vertical throws um, in situations where it's not convert or have to punt. Uh, it's in situations where, okay, we missed that play, but you get another chance now on third down to see if you can uh, find an open receiver. That play didn't work on second and long. Let's try a different third and long play uh, that might give us, it might give us a little bit of a look at what defense is trying to do uh, and, and lead to some more uh, success in those play calls as well. So uh, I, you can't get away from running the ball. So I'm not saying we should be chucking downfield every time we're in second down. Uh, but it does, I think, give Jordan Love more opportunities to avoid third down than what they've been giving right now with the play calls that we've been getting in those second and long situations. Let's go. I love your insight tonight. This is so strong. Um, and we got a question in our chat. Yoli Cruz, what's up, Yoli? Thanks for joining us. And questions, what do you think the Packers need to do? I'll tell you what I think the Packers need to do, especially in offense this week. Um, Wags mentioned here, um, you know, the, the, this Vikings defense, not quite what they, you know, from a name perspective, um, what, they, what they've been in some previous years. But one guy who we have to keep a, a very, 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 very close eye on is Daniel Hunter. Uh, and the reason I say that, uh, Hunter has eight sacks this year. I believe he's leading the entire National Football League in sacks. We saw what Max Crosby did against the Packers when we went to Las Vegas and how much trouble we had. So it starts up front for the Packers this week. Can the Packers keep Jordan Love clean? Can they keep a clean pocket for Jay Love? Because early in the season, when the pocket was clean, Jordan was way more comfortable than we've seen in the past couple of weeks when the pockets collapsed on him. Okay. So yes, we talk about running the ball and that's you know, prime and so darn important getting Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon going, uh, however we need to do it. But I got to tell you, keeping that pocket clean, keeping Hunter off of Jordan Love's back. And, and I think it's going to be Zach Tom wags. That's who I think that Hunter likes to line up on that side. I think Zach Tom, who's been battling an injury, um, one of my favorite Packers. I, I think it's a huge week for Zach Tom to go, you know, go toe to toe with one of the better pass rushes in the national football. League. But what say you? What do you think the Packers need to do this week? Uh, I think we've covered it. I don't really have much else. I think the only other thing I'd add is to that is uh, I'd like to see uh, Christian Watson get a little bit more involved uh, yes. and Romeo Dobbs for that matter. So, um, you know, more plays and less punting, it gives all of those guys more opportunities. Running the ball uh, gives more opportunities if you can get first down. So uh, it's all complimentary. So it's not one or the other, but Certainly, I think we've got to get these young pass catchers involved this week, especially with Musgrave out of the game. So let's see if we can take a few opportunities early in the game for some some intermediate or to deep crossers over the middle with a Romeo Dobbs or a Christian Watson or to try something more vertically uh, with one of those guys and see if that, you know, I mean, look, we, we were seeing some success early in the first couple of games drawing pass interference uh, uh, on some of those plays, even if they weren't completed, that's a 40-yard, uh, that's basically a 40-yard play. Uh, so it, it, it's something that we haven't seen enough of in previous weeks. We can talk all we want about Jordan Love having the highest, uh, you know, air yards per pass attempt. Um, that's all well and good. I, I think it's really just a matter of, uh, showing that you can put some confidence in him and, and taking some opportunities when you have them. But, um, Dane, I think we need to, we're at 50 minutes. So let's yeah. uh, move, move into our leap spirits, X factors and score predictions of the week. So it. we can wrap this up in a 
semi uh you know efficient fashion this is going fast tonight wags i my, my dislike for the vikings and our love for this team it's going quick tonight yeah absolutely so i'll let you lead things off who do you have as uh uh, uh an x factor that you want to highlight here this week you know I, i'm gonna we talked uh, we'll start on defense for me and and my uh, leaf spirits x factor and by the way leaf spirits delicious delicious vodka um and it's, it's so darn good we got some leaf and lemonade it's it's the best um if you're in wisconsin you gotta go out and get it leafspirits.com um, but Leaf Spirits defensive player this week. I'm going to go with Lucas Van Ness. Um, I kind of talked myself into it a little bit, or, or we talked myself into it, I think, talking about another edge rusher stepping up. Um, he's been a little quiet the last couple of weeks, and I know he got dinged up a few weeks back. This is a great week. You know, how about a coming out party for Lucas Van Ness against the Vikings at home at Lambeau Field? Would that not be wonderful? Um, and, and, you know, he's been out there. He's been putting in the work. He's working his backside off, but this is a good prime week, I, I think, especially against this Vikings offensive line, which can be okay to mildly good at times, but should not be a dominating force. We need some extra rush. How about Lucas Van Ness? He's going to be my X factor. If he can apply the pressure along with Rashawn and, and, and Kenny Clark the way we think and we know that they can do things, um, it's a big week for the Packers. So X factor defense, Lucas Van Ness. I, I like that, and I picked him a couple of times, and I'm where. We're waiting for maybe a breakout week, and this would be a great opportunity for that. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, Devonta Campbell, uh, if he's tracking to come back this week, I just want to see what type of impact that can make in the middle of this defense. It's a key week with some injuries in the secondary. Devondre is the quarterback of the defense. Um, I, we said how well McDuffie played in his absence, but let's be honest, Devondre Campbell is a very key component of the defense side. Um, so if he's out there, uh, I think he's an X factor one way or the other this week. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, Dane, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to a tried and true guy and I'm, I'm going to go with Jaden Reed. I haven't picked him as an offensive X factor in a few weeks, but, um, I said just a couple minutes ago, I want to see Christian Watson. I want to see Romeo Dobbs get more involved, but I think Jaden Reed could be the biggest recipient of being able to work in the middle of that field with, uh, without Luke. Lucas uh, uh, Musgrave out there uh, this week. So um, I think he could quietly be one of those guys that could be a backbreaker for this Vikings defense if the Packers are able to get some consistency and some success in moving football uh, down the field. Um, I, I believe Jaden Reed could be a key ingredient for that this week. Oh, that's wonderful. So, so, you know, we talk all about this run, running the ball and, and maybe, you know, getting big. And that's what I've been suggesting a good portion of this podcast. What if the Packers go opposite and they go single back, backfield, they spread things out a little bit and let things flow. Uh, and maybe that's what they do. So I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to go with a guy who I think has come on and surprised some people, but somebody that we've had an eye on for a long time, Octavian Wicks. Um, I love him. He, he's got some really good route running abilities. So Octavia Wicks, number 13. He's going to be my Leap Spirits X Factor on offense. I think he takes one deep this week, Wags. He's been a big play guy, not only catching the ball, but has been able to draw. You've mentioned some of the flags over some of the successful games. Uh, Wicks was a big part of some of that. This is a big breakout week. I think that he's going to play big, come up big at home. The young man, the rookie, Octavian Wicks, is my uh, Leap Spirits X Factor because He's going to put some points on the board for the Packers this week. That's a huge bold prediction by me. I love it. All right. Well, Dane, time for score predictions. Uh, I am not going to pick the Packers to lose, uh, despite some of the struggles here early in the season. This is going to be a close game, though. I haven't been predicting real close games. Um, 
I think Packers defense shows out. Packer offense isn't going to have a breakout game and just go back to the week one type performance that they had against the Bears. But I think we're going to do just enough in this one. I've got the Packers 21 and the Vikings 18. And they they win a squeak it out um, and are able to put one in the left-hand column. I'm really hoping some way, somehow this week, Packers can get a win, get the ship righted, uh, get three and four, and then let's see what we can do moving forward. That's great. Um, I love it. And uh, I've got the Packers winning this ballgame, too. And I think it's extremely close as well. 27-26. Um, it's going to be an absolute nail-biter. And I think that, um, you know, we might see um, 27 points for the offense. Wow. Well, Anders Carlson's going to be kicking. And I told you, Rudy Ford might need to go sack that quarterback, strip sack or something. But somehow the Packers are getting to 27. Uh, and I think it's so close. I think we're talking end of the game. Hearts are beating. We're texting each other. Super stressed, super frustrated, not only with the Packers, but each other. But somehow the Packers come out and win the damn game. So 27-26, Packers win this game. All right. Well, I love it. If they're able to get a win, that's all that matters. So, Dane, always appreciate it. And everyone for jumping in. And I love the interaction on all of our social media feeds and chats. So appreciate you all, as always. Be legendary and go pack go. Every year I know we gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.